My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in Moscow in front of ancient walls of the Andronikov Monastery, which was first built in 1357. Moscow is a very old city, and the oldest part of Moscow is the Kremlin. But if you venture outside of the Kremlin, this is the oldest standing building in the city of Moscow, and it was first built to be a monastery. And it's amazing that it is still standing because it has survived raids, disease, it survived wars, fires, even the invasion of Napoleon took place in 1812, but this building withstood all of that. Finally, in 1917, when the Russian Revolution took place, and the Soviet powers begin to rule the land, this monastery was closed because religion became illegal. And from 1918 to 1922, it was turned into a shooting gallery. People were incarcerated here who were political prisoners, political opponents, anyone that was deemed to be dangerous by the state. And it became the first official shooting monastery in Russia. That means people were shot here. This was a site of mass executions, a very oppressive place where people were incarcerated and they were held in bondage. Many of them never left this place. Such a place of oppression. What does the word oppression really mean? The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed, oppressed of the devil. What does it mean to be oppressed? Do you know anyone that is oppressed, or maybe you are oppressed in some area of your life? What is oppression? That is what I'm gonna talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Thank you for letting me come right into your space. We're starting a brand new week. I don't know what you have scheduled this week. Maybe you have a lot to do, or maybe you have a challenging conversation that you need to have, or you just feel like you need prayer support for something that you're facing. Call us. If you call us, you'll find a friend waiting for your phone call or send us an email. And as soon as your email shows up in our inbox, our team will begin to pray for you. We really mean it when we say that we pray for people that call or people that write. My wife and I absolutely understand what it's like when you need someone to agree with you in prayer. And that's why we are so persistent in telling you, if you need somebody to pray with you, call us. That's because we understand. And Jesus said, that if two or three of you would agree as touching anything, he would do it. Call us, contact us, we'll agree with you, and we'll believe that Jesus will move on your behalf. We will really believe that with you for whatever you're dealing with this week. And we're offering you my series called Healing the Mind and Emotions of the Oppressed. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats. Maybe you know someone that is emotionally oppressed. How can you set them free? That's what this series is about, and it comes with a marvelous study guide. We're also offering you right now Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one, and Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number two. In each one of these, there are 1,000 Greek word studies. That is amazing. A 1,000 here, and a thousand here. And by the way, don't look at these books and think, wow, they're so big, I'll never read them. 
because they're daily devotionals. You just read a little bit every day, and it doesn't really matter which one you start with. You can start with number one, or you can start with number two. If you already have number one, buy number two, buy both. It'd be a great gift for someone else. This really is a treasure trove, and that's why I call them sparkling gems from the Greek, but order your copy today. And I want to say thank you to every one of you that are already partners with our ministry. Because of you, we're able to take the teaching of the Bible around the planet. And Denise and I are so grateful. And if you're not a partner, please pray about joining us as a partner. But today I'm going to talk to you about healing the mind and emotions of the oppressed. Now this week, we're going to deal with what is oppression. Secondly, we're going to see levels of oppression. Thirdly, we're going to see how to demolish oppression. Then we're going to see a biblical extreme case of oppression. And finally, we're going to see how to minister to those who are oppressed. But we use our Bible in this program, so reach for your Bible. And today, I'm going to use my notes because we have a lot to cover. But what is oppression? First of all, it is not depression. Depression and oppression are not the same thing. Depression can be caused by disappointments. Depression can be caused by fatigue. It can be caused by schedule, by diet, or it can even be a chemical imbalance. And usually, depression can go away by taking a day off, or by eating differently, or even medication. Depression can be dealt with, but oppression is exterior. It's not something on the inside. It's something that comes to you from the outside, it is an outside force that comes to oppress you. Now, let me give you the dictionary meaning of the word oppression. It means the exercise of authority or power in a burdensome, cruel, or unjust manner. So oppression is cruel, it is burdensome, and it is unjust. But when you study the history of the word oppression, the full etymology, you find that it comes from a Latin word, but it basically means to press upon. So if a person is oppressed, something is pressing on them from the outside. It means to press against. They feel an external pressure pressing against them. It means to overburden, to weigh down, to overwhelm, or to overpower. So when a person is oppressed, they feel overpowered by some external force. It means to burden with cruel, unjust, or unreasonable restraints, to treat with injustice or undue severity, to oppress, afflict, crush, put down, smother, subdue, or to torment. All of that really is the meaning of the word oppression. And there are synonyms for oppression that you need to know. And here they are. Abuse, brutality, coercion, compulsion, Conquering, control, cruelty, despotism, dictatorship, domination, force, harshness, harassment, hardness, injustice, an iron hand, maltreatment to overthrow, to repress, suffering, severity, subjugation, torment, and tyranny. All of those are synonyms for the word oppression. And when you come to the New Testament, you find that the word oppression really carries the idea of tyranny, tyranny, some outside force that is ruling over you, subduing you, harassing you, conquering you, overpowering you, telling you what to think, what to believe, what your future is going to be. It's not depression. It is oppression. It is an outside force. And when we come to Acts chapter 10, verse 38, 
the Bible uses this word oppression in a very significant way. Listen to what the Bible says. Open your Bible. I want you to see this. This is powerful. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter is preaching at the household of Cornelius, and he begins to talk about Jesus. Praise God for Jesus. And listen to what he says. Had God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were, here it is, oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But let's look at the entire verse. When you come to the very first of verse 38, Peter says how God anointed. Praise God for the anointing. The anointing sets people free, and Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. What does that mean, anointed? The word anointed is the Greek word creo. The word creo is an old word which described the rubbing of oil or the rubbing of perfume upon an individual. It was used in a medical sense to depict a healing anointing, but in the New Testament, it depicts the anointing of the Holy Spirit and all of its effects that were available to Jesus and to every single believer. So the anointing that was upon Jesus is also available to be upon you. Well, the question arises, when did God anoint Jesus? And it occurred when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit came upon him. Later, when Jesus came into the synagogue in Nazareth, he picked up the scroll, he opened it to Isaiah chapter 61, and Jesus read these words which are recorded in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. Really, the word anoint, the word creo, describes what I call a hands-on experience. Because for the oil to be applied to a recipient, the anointer put the oil on his hands. He didn't just turn the bottle upside down and pour the oil out. He put the oil on his own hands, and then he applied the oil to the individual. So when Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me, it was the equivalent of saying, I'm anointed, and the reason I'm anointed is because the Lord has laid his hands on me. The hand of God is on my life, and he has pressed the anointing into me. Jesus was anointed by God, and that is what Peter said in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. Well, what does the word power mean? The word power here is the Greek word dunamis. Now, maybe you've heard the word dunamis, and you may have even heard that from this we get the word dynamite, and that's true, but that's really a very superficial meaning of the word power, the Greek word dunamis. Let me read to you the meaning of it from my notes directly from the Greek text. It describes power, but it pictures explosive superhuman power that comes with enormous energy and produces phenomenal, extraordinary, and unparalleled results. It is used in the New Testament and in secular literature to describe the full might of an advancing army. That's the primary meaning of the word dunamis as it is used in the New Testament. So it's explosive power. It comes with unparalleled results. When it is released, it is like the full might, the full power of an advancing army, which means if you have been anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, you've been anointed to make and advance into a territory to drive back the forces of hell. That's the kind of power you have if you've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit.
And when Jesus was anointed, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, advancing power to drive back the forces of hell. And the Bible goes on to say, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. When the Bible says he went about doing good, I have to stop there just for a moment because this also is a very important word. The Greek word agatho ergeo. The word agathos, which means to do good. The word ergeo, which means to do. But when you compound the two words together, this phrase, doing good. Now listen, it is an old word that denotes a benefactor, a philanthropist, or one who financially supports charitable works. He uses his financial resources to meet the needs of disadvantaged people. You know, when you're anointed with the power of God, you want to help people that are in need. And when the power of God came on Jesus, he didn't just heal people that were sick and those that were oppressed. The power of God operated in him to drive back poverty. And that is what this phrase, doing good, really means. But it says he went about doing good and healing. The word healing is the Greek word eaomai. This is very, very important because it tells us everything Jesus did was not instantaneous. This particular word, eaomai, is an old medical term, which meant to cure. It even means to be doctored. It's healing power that progressively reverses a condition. It denotes healing that comes to pass over a period of time. And for this reason, this word is often translated as a treatment, a cure, or a remedy, but it depicts a sickness that has been progressively healed rather than instantaneously healed. And isn't that interesting that this particular word was used in connection with those that were oppressed of the devil. The word oppressed is a very long Greek word, the word kata, which carries the idea of something that's coming down or something that is dominating. And the word dunamis, the word power. But when you compound the two words together, it carries the idea of domination, even better, a dominating tyrant. When compounded, it pictures the oppressive power of a wicked tyrant, one who rules over and cruelly tyrannizes his subjects, bullying, one that is cruel, one that rules in nepotism, a dictator, someone that is oppressive or a real tyrant. And then Peter identifies the name of the tyrant as the devil. The word devil is the Greek word diabolos which depicts one who repetitiously strikes until successfully penetrating an object to ruin it, affect it, or take it captive. It means to slander, accuse, or defame, to penetrate by continuous assault, to ensnare with a net. And here's what you find. The devil comes and he begins attacking the mind, attacking the mind. That's what the word devil means, to strike and strike and strike and strike. And the devil's intention is to strike the mind so continuously until finally he penetrates the mind. And when he penetrates the mind, then he begins to take the mind hostage where he, like a wicked tyrant, begins to tell that person what they need to feel, what they need to think, what they need to believe. He begins to tell them what they can do, tell them what they cannot do. And like a wicked tyrant, he subdues them. That outside pressure oppresses them cruelly and controls their life. Now, I'm going to give you a personal story from my life. When I was a very young man, I dealt with oppression. I was so young that I didn't really know that it was oppression, but that's what it was. And here's how it all started. I grew up in a context where there was a lot of sports among our friends. 
And to be a real man, you had to be a sports man. And in our church, all of our friends, we bowled, we played basketball, we played softball, we played baseball. Everything there was to do with a ball, that is what we did. And guess what? Ricky Renner was not gifted with any kind of ball. In fact, I hated every kind of ball. And to this day, I don't like any kind of sports that has to do with a ball. It always symbolized failure to me. And as a very young man, voices begin to speak to me. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. You can't compete with the other guys. You can't do what the other guys do. Something just striking my mind and striking my mind and striking my mind. Then when I went to school and I tried to be involved in sports with all the other guys, I was such a failure when it came to sports. And every day I would have feelings of failure and voices of failure speaking to me and speaking to me and speaking to me. It was an early assault on me. I just didn't understand what was happening. I couldn't even verbalize it because I didn't understand what was taking place to me. I was different from the other guys. I liked art, I liked museums, I liked music, I liked symphonies, I liked creativity. I was just wired differently. And in our context, I was really, really different from the other guys. And the same voice that told me I was a failure for not being good at sports also repeatedly said to me, you're a freak, there's something wrong with you, there's really something wrong with you. And these voices were just lamb-blasting me all the time, every day. I can remember looking into the mirror as a young boy thinking, what is wrong with you? There's something wrong with you. It wasn't depression. It was an outside oppressive force trying to penetrate my mind and take me hostage. Then when I was in the seventh grade, I became ill. And because I was ill, I missed one half of the seventh grade. And that was a moment when they were studying new kinds of arithmetic and mathematics. So when I came back to school, I had missed half a year of study. And when I showed up, I did not understand what they were talking about because I had missed half a year of studies. And I struggled. I could not understand what they were talking about. Even when it came to writing, I wasn't doing good at writing because I had missed so much about English. I struggled, and every day as I sat in my chair, voices would speak to me. There's something wrong with you. You are inferior. You're a failure. You're just stupid. You're just stupid. You can't get this because you're stupid. Voices telling me that I'm a failure because I don't participate well in sports. Voices telling me that I'm a freak because I'm different from other people. And now voices telling me that I'm stupid because I don't understand what I'm studying in math and in English. But my teacher liked me. So my teacher graduated me to the next level, even though really I failed in mathematics. Well, if I failed in the seventh grade, what was I gonna do in the eighth grade? If I didn't understand math in the seventh grade, how was I going to understand math in the eighth grade? Another whole year, I struggled and struggled and struggled with mathematics, and every day, a voice speaking to me, there's something wrong with you, you're just stupid, you're just stupid. But my teacher that year also liked me, so my teacher passed me into the ninth grade simply out of mercy. And when I came into the ninth grade, we were going to study algebra. Well, my algebra teacher was so old that she had been my father's algebra teacher. And when my father was a child, she did not like my father. So my first day in class, I hadn't done anything but sat in my chair. She called the roll. And when she came to my name, she said, Ricky Renner. I said, here. She said, wait, 
is your father Ronald? I said, yes, that's my father. She looked at me. I remember she put her glasses down the end of her nose and looked at me real good. She put them back up and she said, stupid. In this class, your name is stupid. Any child of Ronald Renner is stupid, stupid, stupid. And that is your name in this class. Well, look what was happening. The devil was telling me I was a failure. The devil was telling me that I was a freak. The devil was telling me that I was stupid. And now he brought in reinforcements, someone who was an authority figure, someone who had influence, also telling me that I was stupid. And all the other students, when they heard that, thought it was hysterical. So guess what? All the students in the ninth grade begin to call me. They all begin to call me stupid. And when I walked through the hallway at school, they'd say, hey, stupid, hey, stupid, hey, stupid, stupid, where are you going? And every day when that teacher called the role in the class, she called everyone else by their name. But when she came to my name, she said, stupid Renner. And guess what I said? Here, that's the way that I was to answer her in that class. If I raised my hand to ask a question, she would say, yes, stupid. Can somebody please help stupid? Where is stupid? I was stupid in that class. The devil, Diabolos, was striking and striking and striking and striking, trying to penetrate my mind so that I would really believe the lie that I was stupid, that I was a failure, that I was a freak, that there was something wrong with me. This was an outside, cruel dictator, a tyrant, trying to subdue me, conquer me, and dominate my life, trying to get me to believe the lie because what you believe becomes your reality. And the devil knew that if I would just believe what I was hearing, it would move from the mental realm into the real realm and I would fail in life. That is why this issue of what you listen to is so very, very important. And that is why the devil comes to strike people. He wants them to believe a lie because if he can get them to believe a lie, then that lie will become their reality. The oppression will leave the mental realm, the spiritual realm, and it will become a reality in life. That's what the devil was after in me, but it was halted. And do you know why this was halted? Because when I was 14 years old, I gloriously received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the same power that anointed Jesus came on me. That is the full might of a heavenly army that drives back darkness. And when I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the power of God came on me and all of those attacks stopped and drove that darkness out of my life. And I'm here today because I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But when I talk to you about oppression, I understand what is oppression. The devil is a tyrant. He wants to lord over people, tell them what to think, what to believe, feed them lie after lie after lie after lie, trying to get them to bite the bait. That is what oppression is. That is how it operates. Now there are multiple levels of oppression and that's what we're going to see in the next program. We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. What does it mean to be oppressed? How do you know if you or someone you know is oppressed? What can you do to help those whose minds and emotions are oppressed? Nearly everyone has experienced a bout of oppression or knows someone who is struggling with it right now. Wait no longer to get the answers you need. It's all right here in this five-part series, Healing the Mind and Emotions of the Oppressed. This five-part series covers what is oppression, what are the signs of oppression, 
What did Jesus say about oppression? How does Jesus set the oppressed free today? Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10, you'll learn how to walk free or how to help someone else walk into the freedom God wants for them. In addition to this teaching series, you can also get the book Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volumes 1 and 2. In these books, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate, uncompromising life with God. In an easy-to-read devotional format, each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies and is sure to inspire and provoke you to plunge deeper into what God has for your life. Call now to order Sparkling Gems 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer, Healing the Mind and Emotions of the Oppressed and Sparkling Gems from the Greek Volume 1 or 2. Call now or go to renner.org. Call or go online now. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner. We have a need in our ministry and I need you to help meet the need. So please just for a moment, hear my heart. Our ministry is really growing. Wow, it is amazing what is taking place. People are reaching out to us from every nook and cranny around the world because they're receiving teaching that they feel they can trust. And they're calling us for prayer. What a responsibility to pray for people. They're calling us for resources. They're calling us for support. They are reaching out to us in multiple languages, in English and Russian, and in other languages from around the world. And God has given us the responsibility to minister to these precious souls. But we're growing so much that we have run out of space. We're bursting at the seams in our American office and we need a new building. And we have found the building that we believe is ours. And guess what? It's fully furnished. All we have to do is move in. And so I'm asking you to please pray about becoming a part of the giving team into this special expansion project. Just go online. You'll read there on our homepage how you can participate in this project or give us a call. As you've listened to me today, maybe you've thought about your own life or someone you know. Maybe it's you or a friend or a family member struggling with oppression, my friend, they can be set free. We can halt the voice of the enemy that is trying to crush them. And if you need someone to pray with you for you or for someone that you love, call us and we will pray with you. We will halt that oppression in the name of Jesus. But I'm speaking to you from my series called Healing the Mind and Emotions of the Oppressed. It comes with a marvelous study guide. Be sure to order your copies today. Also, my books we're offering you today called Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one, and Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number two. Both of these will help you, and they will undergird you to stand against any attack of the devil. My friend, where the word of a king is, there is power. If you put the word of God in you, it will release its power in you to drive all that darkness out. Anyway, you should order these copies today. But Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for the anointing that was on Jesus and the same anointing that is available right now to heal anybody that has been tyrannized over by the devil. I rebuke that attack in the name of Jesus. I command those voices that are subduing you to be silenced in Jesus' name and release the power of God to drive back the forces that have been victimizing your mind in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. 
wow. Now, when we come back tomorrow, we're going to see the various levels of oppression. Don't miss tomorrow's program. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Rick Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity.